Hello. All right. Heck. So. Yes. I am drinking uh, very the finest bottom shelf Ralph's uh, Savignon Blanc. Uh, ah. <laughs> it's vintage. It's from 2020. Ooh. Yeah, it's fancy, fancy Chateau Savrain. I can't read. I... <laughs> okay, I didn't know we were what... having a bougie um, podcast. Oh yeah, you should have known. What What are you drinking? Did you Did you figure it out? Did you get your uh, your hands on something? Okay, so here's the thing. I wanted to get wine specifically for you, um, and I wanted the most bottom shelf wine I could get. And mm-hmm. so I was trying to. And the caveat is, I don't want to leave my apartment. Um, <laughs> I want people to bring everything to me. Um, But I couldn't find a place that would deliver wine for under $40. I mean, alcohol for under $40. And I don't need $40 of alcohol um, (laughs) just in my apartment. We have enough stuff. Um, So I improvised and I got some of my Limoncello LaCroix and I put in some mint liqueur and uh, vodka. Mm. And I was going to top it with whipped cream, but I procrastinate. Um, (laughs) So I have that. And then because I want to be slightly healthy, I I have a smoothie off to the side. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I just drank a protein shake and then I started pouring the wine and I'm like, hell yeah, this cancels out. That sounds terrible together. (laughs) Nah, it's, it's good. That's way too close. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, so, your drink is way fancier than mine. Jeez. It is. It, it is. Uh, no, just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those where you see what's in your pantry and you just kind of like start adding things that you know taste good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whipped cream was what was going to make it fancy. But, you know, sometimes you just want to kind of sit around. <laughs> I always want to sit around, so I get it. Well, I'm glad you decided to sit around and talk with me today. Heck so, yeah. That's called a segue. That's a nice segue. Okay, so my planning process coming into this was, I can't plan for this. Uh, the last episode, I had Casey Catal, and I went back and I listened to her old interviews, and I watched clips, because I was like, <laughs> I want to have like a serious talk. I want to talk about Deathmatch, her career. I don't want to ask the same things that everyone else asks. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can do that with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I know I have some things that I wanted to talk about, but mostly I'm going to follow wherever you take us because I think that's probably more how this will go. And it's going to be all <laughs> the better for it. Yeah, you're probably right. See, not preparing is the best way to prepare for me. Sometimes it's all about knowing who you are interviewing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's why I'm a professional. Exactly. You get it. So one thing that I was really interested in um, was talking to you is that you have the most unique life of any of the wrestlers I follow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think I would enjoy hearing what your life has been like with that interesting journey through um, 
all kinds of things. Because I, I was very interested in the convention that you went to. Did you go oh, to like yeah. an adult content convention? Yeah, yeah, I did. I'm very interested in that. Um, <laughs> your red carpet photos were very glamorous. <laughs> yeah. um, definitely want to talk about customs. And then yes. there's a layer where I feel like we could have a really interesting conversation about some things that I've been kind of curious about because I've been wanting to write about the aspect of wrestling that intersects with adult content that people are kind of afraid to talk about. And yeah. I like that you're not. Um, because I, I think that's a very um, strangely old fashioned attitude that people have about it. And I think it shows some taboos that people um, aren't quite admitting are still there. So See, this all sounds like great stuff. Huh? Let's, let's get into it. Let's do thank it. you. Where would you like to start? Cause I, I kind of gave you a platter there. Uh, uh, oh, oh God, I don't even remember. Let's start you know, with the, we'll do the convention thing. We'll, we'll do that. We'll start there. Okay. So to start setting it up, um, how did you get involved with the convention? Was it you through your OnlyFans or for working with Candace or were you Candace's plus one? Well, uh, Candace was going to do it. So I got involved through her. And then I was like, I should see if they'll let me have a, a like, you know, a little table, like a booth set up. Okay. And they did. And I couldn't believe it. And I just thought it was like a funny, I sent them like a, a, a wrestling promo picture to use. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and, and then I just set up my merch table there and I was just stood around in wrestling gear. And it was actually like really entertaining to me. I even sold like shirts and stuff. I couldn't really? believe it. Yeah. People just so came up and these dudes would be like, are you a wrestler? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I do like OnlyFans stuff. And they're just like, okay, cool. And then I'd like, you know, showed them my uh, my so social media, some matches, and what? Like, oh, I, like that's cool, man. And I just bought a shirt and <laughs> moved on. But it's a really just strange experience of these guys going through, like looking to to meet these adult uh, performers, these uh, these these ladies. And then there's just a guy in his uh, underwear just standing there, slinging t-shirts. So for the casual listener, um. Can you tell them who Candace is? Because I kind of just dropped it like everyone oh, is yeah. already in. And and they might be, but um, for the hundreds of listeners we're going to get after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the masses. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, my I'm dating uh, adult film star Candace Dare. Uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. She's, <laughs> that's a, she's great, a famous lady. Great introduction. Uh, yeah, that's I don't really know what else. I mean that that's really it. I yeah. just I, I maybe I, I expect a little bit more flourish to drag it out, but all we need is the <laughs> basics. So we got, that of, explains... we got a lot of high spots to hit. I can't I can't <laughs> I can't work the crowd on that one. <laughs> so when you're at this convention, um were people did people understand that you were a wrestler? Did they think it was like um a costume? <laughs> well, People who know wrestling saw me and they're like, they would just come up, you know, they understand. Like, what are you, a wrestler? But everyone else, I'm sure, was just like, why is this guy like wearing pads? Like, why is this guy? <laughs> like, I get the underwear. We're all in our underwear. But like, why is he wearing pads? And like, what is he going to like, I don't know, perform some sort of like high spot sexual act? Who knows? Who knows what they thought? Not many people really even <laughs> asked me. They just kind of looked confused. They would look at the merch to try and figure it out. 
They wouldn't figure it out, and then they just walk away. <laughs> I respect that you wore the pads too. Oh yeah, you gotta. Otherwise, you're just in your underwear, and that's like it doesn't stand out. You know? <laughs> I filmed a promo that I think I forgot to post. Like I filmed a little vignette of me at the convention, right? And it just shows, it shows like the whole span of the convention. If I can find it, I'll post it. I can't believe I forgot. Uh, Candace helped me film it. Uh, she's a very good artistic eye for this stuff. And it just shows like the mass of the event. It shows the lines and stuff. And then it just shows oh, wow. me at my little table <laughs> with my merch and no one's standing there. And it slowly pans up to me. And I just go, now I know how fucking Virgil feels. <laughs> See, you say that now. And then after the masses listen to this, it's going to get back to Virgil. And you're going to be splitting your table with him. Dude, I would love to split a table with Virgil. He'd probably be more weirded out by me than I am of him. I... <laughs> If you can do anything in your career, I hope that it's bringing Virgil into your world. You can take that however <laughs> way you want, um, some ways more upsetting than others, but I would enjoy that. Um, you know, it's funny. So he, you know, he's with the million dollar man, but I'm the $5 man because that's the OnlyFans price. So he could, I could become the $5 man and he can still be Virgil and he can just be my little companion. See, and... You're you're making gimmicks as we go. I'm always working. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, that's something that you should work on pitching to him. <laughs> yeah, I'll message him tonight. I'm like, hey man, <laughs> you don't know me, but I'm the five dollar man. I won't even explain it. We should team up. So, take me back to the convention. How much traffic are we talking about? Like. Is it like thousands, do you think, for the, was it two days? Yeah, it was like, I think they might have done a third day, but I think the third day was like an award ceremony or something. Uh, I don't know. But we only did the, the first two days. Uh, there was a lot of people. It was like a big, uh, big convention center. Uh, probably at least a thousand. Okay. Sure. But yeah, uh, like, it was so long ago now. I say that as someone with no memory, probably from brain damage. But uh, <laughs> from what I remember, it was a lot of people. Okay. So anything noteworthy? Was it just like a chill, normal day compared to wrestling? Uh, yeah, it was pretty chill. So, like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm doing this thing as a bit, like... And then I'm just there. And once you're doing like the bit is funny on paper, but when you're like there <laughs> doing it, you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like I'm wasting everyone's time. I'm like shitting <laughs> on this thing. I don't even like, I don't know. It, it seems funny to me, but like, no one cares. It's just, I'm like taking away from uh, like a serious fucking thing. So I think I didn't even end up going uh, for my table the second day. I just helped with uh, Candace's table. Oh. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, you sold I was like, merch. I, I hit, yeah, I sold merch. I hit my spots. I did a bit. Like it's, it was funny, but it's one of those things where, like, once you're there, it's like there's really nothing left of like, <laughs> that's. I get into a lot of predicaments just from pursuing what's funny, and then you're there, and you're like, all right, now I'm in a weird situation. <laughs> like, like it was funny until it, it really happened. So, even though you're there as a pro wrestler, do you have any intersection with you know? your what what did you win as an only fans creator <laughs> well i won this like uh this fanny award that's on some weird site for like it counts yeah, it counts it was the uh, <laughs> best male creator of september 2021 very specific but i won that <laughs> uh 
just I didn't even know it was for September. <laughs> I know that's the best part is like September of this year. I'm coming back. <laughs> I just assumed it was for the entire year. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I wish. But uh, I wanted to do it every month, but I felt so annoying tweeting about it in September. <laughs> that I, I couldn't wait for it to be over. And I, I really wanted to do the Undertaker bit where I was acting like I had a streak, you know. But I was just like, I, everyone's going to unfollow me if I just post about this all the time. <laughs> no one's going to listen to me ever again. Do they have like a big award or like, um, like an OnlyFans ceremony? I have, I have no idea to be honest. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, this is just like there's probably a bunch of different weird little, like OnlyFans award sites like this one, but I really have no idea. Someone just nominated me and I ran with it. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was funny. I thought it would get me a lot, a lot of subscribers. It got me some, but <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't worth the amount of effort I had to put into tweeting about it. Really? But I don't know. Sometimes but now you I worry, can use that I know, in the text. I, sometimes I worry that a lot of wrestlers are just totally fucking bothered by me and, <laughs> and all this OnlyFans stuff I do, which is part of the bit too, but. I don't know. And can I cuss on here? Is that all right? I know we're talking oh, yeah. about like adult film and stuff. But yeah. Sure. Okay. No, there there are no rules. This is all, I'm making all of this up as I go. Fuck yeah, shit. <laughs> but I actually think what you have going is really smart, not just as a bit, but, you know, having a whole side hustle that mm -hmm. like you actually promote and you engage with. Yeah. I feel like more wrestlers would see that and copy that. I, I think they already started to, uh, which is good. Ooh. That was like kind of what I wanted from it. Cause I knew before I'd started it, that there are tons of wrestlers doing it, but they don't talk about it. It's like a kind of a, something they're afraid to throw out there. They think it'll like, I don't know if it'll get them heat with people or they're just afraid of the stigma of everything, I guess. But, uh, when I started doing it, I was like, I'm just going to be open about it and maybe it'll just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I kind of, it was interesting to me because there wasn't really uh, a trail to, to follow for it. I was, I feel like I blazed a bit of a trail and I'm still blazing one. I think. I definitely agree because what you said, I think that's the trick there is that with, things like OnlyFans and other areas of adult content, wrestlers do it. Just like wrestlers have always done mm -hmm. custom matches. Exactly. Um, things like that, but they don't talk about it. Yeah. That's um, why I've been tweeting about the custom matches that I've been doing because like that's part of the whole bit. It's just like why why hide it, you know? I filmed these custom matches in Florida recently and uh the guy was like trying he changed my name and I was like, just use Matt Brannigan. I don't care. And he, he didn't want to do it for whatever reason. But uh, so I'm just going to openly tweet about it. Tell everyone what my name on it was. <laughs> I'm just gonna, well, like whenever the footage is out, because it just benefits me, you know, like, yeah, I can get more subscribers out of it. I don't want to like talk about the people I worked with because I'm not going right. to rope other people into it. So yeah. that'd be the only thing that would make me not do it is if, the other wrestlers that I uh, did the custom matches with, like didn't want people to know about it. Then I wouldn't say anything, but I'll talk to them when the time comes. I think that's fair um, because it's, it's true. There shouldn't be a stigma, um, but there very much is. And yeah. I think that's why we see 
we see a lot of women um, promoting OnlyFans, but very few men. I was going to um, say, yeah, uh, women have become a lot more open about it, which is great. And uh, a lot of guy wrestlers are still very uh, standoffish about it. And a lot of them do it, too, because there's always the interest there. Like, they all get the DMs and they go, like, oh, I can make a little bit of money. Like, wrestling, you know, there's no money in wrestling. Everyone knows that. You actually, like, actively lose money the whole time. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, you got to do what you got to do. Have you ever gotten any um, negative feedback from promoters or anything for your OnlyFans or being vocal about custom matches? Uh, no one's act ever been uh, negative to my face. I'm sure there's been negative repercussions. Like I've, like I've had promoters who just kind of have stopped reaching out to me. Like I don't know. Like I talk to them on Twitter. I think when they see my like Twitter feed and stuff, I don't know. I think it's probably cost me a little bit of bookings but at the same time i have no interest in working with people who would be bothered by something like that anyway i've been doing wrestling for a long time and at this point my goal is to just only work shows that are fun and that's probably why i don't wrestle very often anymore <laughs> but that's just how it is i feel like this is a good segue because we can loop and squiggle all the way back to any of these points oh, yeah. um because having fun with wrestling Every time I've seen you wrestle, that is exactly how I would describe it. Like, you can tell you're having a good time. Yeah. I think okay. so. Sorry. I, I thought long? that sounded like a comma to me. I'm like, there's more. And then there wasn't. Well, you know, it's, it's a comment that yeah. opens up to uh, you to pick it up. I'm, hey, I'm going to pick it up right now. Uh, I try to have as much fun as possible. Uh Especially, there's multiple reasons for this. I personally just want to have fun. Uh, my first like nine years in wrestling, I felt like weren't fun at all. Like I rarely ever did anything that I liked. Uh, probably the first eight years. But uh, there's that. But there's also the way people wrestle now. Everyone's into. I'm not trying to sound like uh, some idiot uh, Jim Cornette guy, but <laughs> like everyone's into doing like really cool stuff, which is great. I love that stuff, and I can do that stuff. But I try to look at shows and be like, all right, no one's doing a really ridiculous, like silly thing. Uh, no one's doing this. And that's kind of what got me into just trying to have the most fun, silly matches possible. Uh, I always tell promoters that you put me on as like match one because it's just going to be like the most fun match. And I'll just set the tone for the whole night. When you started wrestling, you said nine years ago. It's actually I just hit my 10 year anniversary. Oh, Happy anniversary. Yeah, April 1st was my anniversary. Oh, wow. That is very interesting. It's all uh, a big April Fool's joke. <laughs> so so when you started 10 years ago, I'm so curious about what your gimmicks have looked like to take you to where you are now. Like, did you ever try to be a serious wrestler or? Uh, I was serious, but it was, uh, that's even a stretch. I okay. I'll I'll run you through the whole thing. It's actually pretty easy to do. I I try to be as natural as possible as a performer all the time. So I always make this joke. You know how The Rock says like uh, how his persona is like his real like personality turned up to ten. Mm. Well, for me, I feel like the real me is like totally insane. So I try to turn myself down from ten to like six and a half. Really? Yeah, I'm like I'm my I my brain's like too wild so but i can really focus on a match and i feel like i can tone myself down and channel my my weird energy <laughs> i'm very chaotic uh into the thing but i just try to have like natural reactions i try to be like i don't know 
I try not to overthink things. You know, I feel like a lot of wrestling is a, people don't focus on the reactions. They, they think about the actions and like moves, but I don't know. It's hard to say, but I'll tell you all my characters. It's, oh, okay. it's barely changed. When I first started, I was just like new guy trainee. I went to one training in Dayton, Ohio. And then the promoter called me on Tuesday and he goes, Hey, uh, you're already really good. Do you want to start wrestling on Wednesday? <laughs> and I was like, uh, sure. And he goes, come up with a name. So I had name ideas in mind, right? I had these like characters I wanted to be, and I'll tell you what they were, but I'm like, okay, so like, am I just a jobber character? Cause I don't want to like, are you guys going to change my name? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Whatever you pick won't stick. So I was watching Futurama. I'm like, all right, call me Matt Brannigan because Zap Brannigan was on. And I was like, that's funny. I'll just do that. And then later I'll change my name when I, when I'm not the green guy anymore, I'll, I'll have a whole new character. And then that just never happened. But I, <laughs> the character I wanted to be for no reason really was a uh, Glenn Stefani. Oh my gosh. I just thought it was a really funny name. And I was also toying <laughs> with, uh, I had a few other, oh, oh Milo Cyrus was the other one. <laughs> Sensing a theme. Yeah. I was just like, look, like, okay, female pop stars, just like the male equivalent name. And I, was, I don't know, this just made me laugh at the time. I have no idea why. I really, I really like Glenn Stefani. <laughs> Glenn Stefani is, is hilarious. I kind of regret not making my, my OnlyFans name that. <laughs> Someone's going to snatch that up now. Virgil, when I he know. comes in. I told, when I was doing customs and the guy was trying to change my name, like, if you're going to change my name, can you at least use Glenn Stefani? And he's like, that's <laughs> stupid. I'm like, that's stupid, this whole thing? We're wrestling in your living room. This whole thing's stupid. <laughs> I, I do like that there is um, possibly a Jim Cornette of the customs world that just wants everything to be really serious. <laughs> That's exactly what he was. I never even thought about it. But Keep oh, the integrity man. of custom wrestling. Yeah. He's like, oh, come on. This is serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's hilarious. So my character was just green guy. I would just get beat up. I would just, you know, I, I can sell really well. So I just let people just. The first year, I'd say I was just getting the crap beat out of me like all the time, and it was fun. I I like selling. I like getting beat up. It was a, it was a good time. So then I started working with this guy named the Great American Beast, who was like a super hairy guy. We'd put him on a, a dog collar and a chain. I'd walk into the ring like because he was a wild animal. So then I was like, all right, this guy's the focus. He has the the more ridiculous character. So I'm going to be like the straight man to to this guy. So I'm just I'm going to focus on reacting to him being like an animal. So I'd always like, uh, I'd like pet his chest hair to calm him down. Like I would treat him like he was like my cat and stuff. And it was like, really, it was just good bits, you know? And then at some point me and him split, I started working, uh, uh, working like heel and doing all that. And then I was trying to trying to remember what my character was then. It was kind of just, Oh, I look like Chris Jericho, right? Especially back then. So every, <laughs> the crowd would just call me Chris Jericho all the time. They would like yell at me. So then I would act like I didn't know who Chris Jericho was. And then I would do all <laughs> of his moves. Then That's my great. name was, my name was the kitten heart. Hmm. And I, would just, I would do like the kitten tamer, the kitten salt. I was doing all this stuff. And I would just be like, like they'd yell Y2J. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so I did that for a while and I try to act serious. And I don't know. I've pretty much been like the same, like the whole time I've just gotten better at, uh, wrestling and better at conveying uh who i am and better connecting with the crowd i think i've also gotten really good as a baby face which uh i was okay at at first but i feel like i'm a 
a great baby face now, but I kind of always get booked as a bad guy. Which one do you prefer? Um, cause sometimes I, when I watch your stuff, I'm, I'm never sure myself one where, <laughs> where I would even place you, but which one I even <laughs> prefer? Uh, it kind of depends on my opponent, I'd say, because if I'm a, if I'm a good guy and I'm working with someone uh, that's not that great and I want to do funny stuff, I've noticed that uh, you, people can like wrestle, but being able to have like comedic timing is a mm. whole different thing and that they can, they'll end up like messing up these, these bits that are really good. And, and then I have to, then they blame me for it. I'm like, no, no, you screwed it up. I told you the exact timing. I told you how to react. So when I'm a bad guy, I get to be like, you know, I'm Yosemite Sam. So I get to kind of like my reaction is what makes it funny. Where if they screw up their reaction when I'm a good guy, they kind of bury the whole joke. So I, if I'm working with someone who doesn't know how to be funny, I would rather be a bad guy. But if I'm That's... working with someone who's really talented, like someone like Marion Fontaine, I would love oh, yeah. to be like the baby face in there and guide him. Me and him worked a match together where I was the bad guy. I feel like everything was really funny. It's on YouTube if you want to see me with short hair and no mustache. And I'm really. Fat. Oh, wow. It's a it's a good match. Sorry, I was going to ask a question. Then I started um, choking on a, a raspberry seed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how this this interview is going to end with me choking on my, my smoothie. Um, when it comes to comedy, um, is that something that you have a separate background in? Um, because I, I hope this doesn't go to your head, but you're really funny. And I notice, um, as I'm, I'm sure you do as, as well, um, there are a lot of independent wrestlers and wrestlers in general, because on TV it falls flat too. Um, but everyone thinks they're a lot funnier than they are, or they're not able to translate the humor that they have with their friends into how to do it in the ring yes. um, and how to do it with a live audience. Um so where does that come from? Uh, honestly, probably just comes from being uh, like sad my whole life. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and just, <laughs> I just started like being funny. I'm like, Oh, like if, if I think about things too seriously, I get bummed out. Uh, but like laughing is fun. So I just want, I want to laugh all the time. I want people around me to laugh all the time. And I've been doing that since I was like a little kid. So I have no background in comedy. Uh, at all other than just being an idiot all the time so with your skits that you do because i i genuinely think that your matt brannigan or matt brand again <laughs> are the funniest thing in wrestling like yeah, I, I, I hate how I much i love them and i want to do more of them i'm just i just i'm so busy with like stuff but and it's hard because you have to like film it so much more intricately when you're doing like mm. two people so I'm trying to simplify it a bit, but I have some, I want to do a cinematic match with my clone uh, using uh, Candace as a stunt double for like <laughs> certain shots and stuff. But uh, it's gonna it's gonna be so good. I have so many like ideas for all this stuff. I also wanted to do a series of uh, me and, about how me and my clone like live together and it'd be like the odd couple, but it would just be like like in in my in my realm. The way I see it is that. The clone is the one who does OnlyFans, and I'm just a wrestler, and people just get us mixed up. And uh, I wanted to call – I think I'm going to call it, like, how do you live with yourself? And just be about me and my clone fighting over dumb shit all the time and just arguing and cussing and be – I don't know. 
but yeah, I want to do more stuff with the clone because I think the bit's really funny. I have the clone on my t-shirts. Like I, sh- I need to do more with it. I agree. Uh, <laughs> as an unbiased observer and fan of Matt Brand, again, um, and also thank you for um, continuing to talk through that because um, an unscripted bit, non-bit in my podcast is uh, I live by a railroad track and a heliport. Um, <laughs> it's, Indiana, baby. It's the worst place to live. Um, so periodically when I'm doing this, I have to like mute my microphone and hope that no one um, notices too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but did you expect people to like um, your comedy bits, especially the clone, as much as they do? Uh, it's it's kind of one of those things I, as an overconfident person, unless like, unless depression has a hold of me, but I just think everything I do is great. And there's like, people just don't see it. Like this is great. And if people saw it, they would love it. And that's how I felt about the clone promo. But I, I didn't expect anyone to actually, you know, see it and like it. Cause I, I felt like I've done a lot of things that are as good as that. Maybe not quite as good, but you know, like, and they don't catch on. You're like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, it's really good, but people didn't see it. So I, I was appreciative that people did see that one. And that one got like, uh, I think it has over like 200,000 views on Twitter. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got a lot of, uh, a lot of like famous wrestlers DN me about it, how they liked it. Oh. And I, and I remember just telling them like, retweet it then. Like, help me out. <laughs> like, don't, don't tell me. Did they? <laughs> uh, I think... Not really. Some people, some less famous wrestlers did. Um, Effie retweeted it, which was very helpful, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, then recently, uh, uh, Mustafa Ali commented on it. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that. Uh, because to be honest, I was like, is this something that he would be really into? Would he not get it? Um, mm-hmm. And that made me really, really happy because I, I think he's wonderful. So it's yeah, nice he's great. He also has good know, taste. You want to know a funny one? Like a. I haven't <laughs> told a few people about this, but like some wrestlers who are, you know, not wrestlers that I want to really associate with liked it. Mm. And so I'll just, I'll name drop them. I don't care. Like what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michael Wait. Elgin messaged me about it. Really? Telling, yeah. Yeah. So Michael Elgin messages me. Right. And he's talking about how it's like the funniest things I've watched a hundred times. I can't stop watching it. He shared it. And I remember when he shared it, I'm like, dude, don't share it. Like you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and then, and then he keeps messaging me, right? I just go like, Hey, I'm glad you like it, man. Like I'm just brushing him off. And, uh, you know, I, and I just thought it would end, but he just kept messaging me and he's like, he sent me like some sort of like Republican meme. And, <laughs> and I just was like, what the hell is happening? And then, you know, as the, the worker to me, he's like, Oh, maybe you can get me to Japan for it. And so I just, you know, I was like, I was like Hey man, I appreciate uh, you talking to me. That's great. And you know, I just imagine that he'll stop talking to me at some point, but he just wouldn't stop messaging me. And he's telling me, he's like, I normally hate comedy stuff. I love serious wrestling. Like your, your stuff's so funny. You're so good at it. And then at some point I'm like, all right, man, like, what do you want? Like, I'm not going to be friends with you. Like, <laughs> and he goes, uh, if I could get you, me and Kurt Stallion, who I think got canceled. Oh, too, kind of, no. I'm like, dude, just stop it. Like, who else are you going to throw in here? Are you going to throw in Matt Riddle? Like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> stop it. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you guys. Like, screw you guys. <laughs> that is so funny. But that's like a weird spot to be in where it's like, like a, a, a wrestler who could benefit you, but it's like, well, I don't want your help because you're not a, a good person. <laughs> yes. 
that's really interesting. I, I wouldn't have expected that to be the name that you yeah. would that you were gonna say. Yeah, I was very surprised by it. Is this an ongoing? Like, is he still <laughs> trying I, to get this faction together? I stopped together? opening his uh, messages of, like about oh, no. a month or two ago. No. Uh, yeah, I just stopped. <laughs> you know, you're probably missing your um, uh, control. See, I, I already forgot the name of it. Your your control your narrative invitation <laughs> um, somewhere Dude, in there. Man, that that whole thing is so stupid. I met EC3 like out here and I was like, oh, this guy's cool. And then he started like doing that stuff. I'm like, oh, I guess that guy was not cool at all. (laughs) Do you think it's just like a very um, tone deaf uh, bit? I don't know. I sometimes I feel like it's a bit like. So here's the thing about like people who are kind of right leaning to say the least. Mm. Uh, They're just like not funny and they don't really get comedy at all. And they don't get nuanced things like. Because I saw EC3 on that, like, what's that guy's name? Like, Chris Van Vliet. I don't know what his name is, but he was on that guy's, like, thing. And he was, like, uh, responding to how people made fun of the rule system of control your narrative. And he's acting like, we're stupid. He's like, oh, no, they just don't get it. We're building towards this and this with those rules. Like, we're at making moves mean something. But then I'm just thinking, like, by telling us that, you've just made it mean nothing because you've just spoiled it. So it's like... They think they're dunking on us, but they're just dunking on themselves all the time. I don't know. But that's how Republicans are all the time. If you ever get on fucking Facebook and see your old relatives saying crazy dumb (laughs) shit, trying to be funny. This is like the best detour of of the conversation because I I wasn't expecting that. But, you know, sometimes you you just have to kind of follow. But it it really If this gets back to Michael Elgin, I bet he'll message me like, what? What the fuck, bro? I thought... I thought we would be friends. <laughs> you know, I haven't checked to see who all's listening. So um, maybe maybe my reach is uh, into the, the canceled sector. Um, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe that's the day I'm, I'm going to hang it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, when he messaged me, it made me go, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, I, I rewatched the promo. I'm like, I got to make sure this doesn't feel like creepy. Trump-ish. Yeah, <laughs> Trumpish, creepy, predator, predatory. <laughs> I just gotta. I watch them like, all right, it's. I think it's fine, but yeah, it makes you second guess yourself when people that are the total opposite of you uh, resonate with what you're doing. It's it's a weird yeah. thing, and that's another interesting thing that you bring up um, because when you have. Uh, I, you know, when I see your comedy, there's nothing really provocative or anything, but like that moment when you're second guessing, when you have, you know, questionable characters like one Michael Elgin um, in your messages, <laughs> do you have any kind of like system for like scrutinizing your work to making sure, you know, there's nothing that could catch um unflattering attention or do you just kind of trust that you know you wouldn't do anything you know that people would latch on to is not great uh i i mostly trust my instincts when i'm performing and like about all of wrestling stuff i don't really trust my instincts like all the time like outside of wrestling is you know like i told you i'm crazy and I, i i'm very mindful all the time i'm always thinking about different little choices and different like paths and the outcomes of different things. And I just want, 
with wrestling, I want everyone to have a good time. And I, especially with like recently with like all the stuff that came out with like Joey Ryan, where if you, people tell me that I'm like the new Joey Ryan and I'm like, no. dude, I'm nothing like that fucking guy. Like, don't tell me that. <laughs> and it makes me, it makes me very mad when people say that to me, which is often. And then it, I reevaluate everything. And uh, I don't know. I just, I try to like make sure wrestlers know that just because I do something like a purple nurple, you know, mm-hmm. even though I do something like that. I, I always, I'm like, you're cool with like, with that, right? Like, it's like a little sexual. It doesn't have to be. It's mostly silly, but like, I just want to make sure everyone's like doing what they want all the time and make sure everyone's like cool with it. And I don't know. It's just, as long, I try to just be upfront all the time. I want people to know that they can say no to any stupid thing I want to do. But like you said, I'm not really even that provocative. I'm just, it's like, I feel like I have this, the online persona is really provocative. And then when I wrestle, I just pretty much, I'm just Bugs Bunny, you know, like I just, bug, yeah. just do fun stuff. But I feel like the people who know about the OnlyFans and all that stuff, it adds like another layer to it. Mm. But if you don't know it, it doesn't take away from anything. Yeah. And I, I don't see any of the, the Joey Ryan comparisons. You just have a mustache. Exactly. Um. And it, <laughs> I've wanted to shave my mustache every time people say that to me. And I just, I'm like, this is the only thing fucking doing is this goddamn mustache. And I like look in the mirror and like point at myself, like, you got to shave it, you piece of shit. <laughs> I've had it for so long. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to have to see my upper lip for the first time. Mm. It's like, that's weird. I think it's upsetting for all of us to think about. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think you have to say goodbye to it. Um. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think so either. So, you said that you've always been the Matt Brannigan character, uh, more or less. The purple nurple, is that something that has always been part of your moveset? Uh, it hasn't. I added that, uh, I don't know, like four years ago. Uh, I stole it entirely. Even even the, the setup. Well, I changed the setup a little bit. But uh, I stole it from Tim Donst and, and Shikara. Uh, which was, I was very sad to see that Chikara has become, uh, you know, the, Mike Quackenbush being a, a piece of shit. That was disappointing. Yeah. But uh, Tim Donst, I always really liked. And he would always like set up for a chop and then he would grab their nipples. And I'm like, that's really funny. But so I had, I just like built it up more. I'm like, I'll hit a few really good chops and then I'll be like, who wants a big one? And I do the, the shoosh and everything. But then the rest of it, of just like the motion and then grabbing the nipples, I just stole it from him. I just built it up more because oh, I just thought it was a really good spot that he just was throwing in there, like as a quick little aside, you know. But I was like, you could really build that up a lot and do more with it. So that's always my introduction to a, a crowd that doesn't know. I'll do that spot with the nipples first, and then I'll build more, oh. and then I'll do more nipple stuff throughout the match when they're not expecting it. I'll try to hit three every match and I have like different ways of timing it so that it's like a surprise each time. <laughs> you know, I actually didn't know that you had taken that from um, Chikara. Um, I think my, my lack of um, indie knowledge is, is starting to, to show in that. Um, yeah. But I, I wasn't I'm, I'm pretty open about when I steal stuff because indie wrestlers are always stealing stuff and they just act like they thought of it. I'll just, I'll tell anyone like, I'm like, yeah, I stole this from Tim Donuts. It's great. And I'll, <laughs> I'll do like, uh, I have an Eric Cannon move that I do. And I'm like, yeah, you know Eric Cannon's move? I stole it. It's this. <laughs> How do you feel watching um, other, because I, I feel like I've noticed parts of your moveset, especially the purple nurple, um, being done more frequently 
in different promotions. Yes. Because I've, I've definitely seen it in Japan. Um, uh-huh. I forget where in the U.S. I saw it. Listen, I, but let me let me jump in here. Speaking of Japan, when I was at, when I was at the Wrestle One Dojo, brother, I uh, we had a one of the first days I was there. We're doing like a strike, like it was strike day. So you just take turns. Two guys start. They, you just it was like all right, do forearms. You do a bunch of forearms and stuff. And then one guy leaves, someone else comes in, you do forms. Then the guy who's there first leaves. So everyone like, gets like two rounds of doing strikes. And the strikes change each round. We get chops, could be like uh, little kicks, it can be anything. So then I remember I got in there, I did some forms, did some chops. And when I got back in there, I'm like, I'm going to hit him with the purple Nerf bolt. No one here speaks English. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. But like, I'm just, I'm swinging for the fences. I'm doing my shit. Here's a, a thing Colt Cabana said uh, that I always admired, even though. Uh, I'm not sure if he's like, I've heard that he's like kind of a dick, but <laughs> he was, he was, I met him in Japan and he was weirded too. out by me. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But, uh, <laughs> but I, so I was like, he said, he's like, I'm just going to do me. And if they like it, they'll bring me back. And if they don't, they won't. And it's better than compromising myself. You know, like it, that's something I always try to remember, especially like out here in California, I, I work these uh, CWF Hollywood shows and they're just trying to put me in a box all the time. And, I'm like, I'm about to, I'm going to message them. Like, like I want to do this. And if you don't want to do it, then like, whatever, I'm done. Cause I'm, I'm too old to be miserable wrestling shows. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. But, uh, so yeah, I was in Japan. I'm like, I'm just doing the purple nurple. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to do it. And we're just see what happens. And I remember like, I got in the ring, this big dude forms me really hard. And I'm like, all right, good forearm, good forearm. And then I like, I wound up like I was going to give him the forearm. And then I stopped and I grabbed his nipples and did it. And he had this like reaction. And I felt like the air leave the room, right? And then everyone <laughs> on the apron, everyone in the guy, have, I'm holding his nipples. He looks to like the the old guy running it, who I, whose name I don't remember because I just like no one was really talking to me. <laughs> everyone looks at the trainer, and then there's this big pause where he's like looking at me, and he's he has his like finger on his chin, and he just goes, <laughs> and then everyone starts laughing really hard, and then everyone's like anxious to tag in to do stuff with the nerval everyone's doing their own nerval <laughs> and their own character and it was like the most fun it was the most wholesome and fun moment of my entire life i think i remember just like i was so happy there was this guy who's like thing was that he was barefoot all the time and he like got a guy on the ground and he put his toes on the guy's nipples and like used his feet for the purple <laughs> nerval and everyone was like doing fighting spirit it was so much fucking fun and uh, it was great i was like that's like the the happiest moment i've ever had in wrestling was oh. was that I feel like maybe I should have done um, some research because I didn't know that you were in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just went. Uh, I had messaged them. I had gone to Japan on vacation because I had a friend in the Air Force who was living there. And he invited mm. me to come spend a few weeks with him. So then I went and I mess- I just randomly was messaging wrestling promotions. Like, hey, I'm in Japan. You want to like, can I come by? And I went home and Russell one messaged me back like, oh, yeah, yeah. Come on down. And uh, <laughs> so here's another thing. When, I'm, when I reveal this, every other wrestler would lie about this, but I, I'm very honest about everything. Wrestlers would use this, be like, yeah, they, they flew me out. Uh, they did this and that. And they, they gave me a look, all this stuff. You know, they're always like building themselves up. I'm open with anyone who's ever asked me that I bought my own ticket to Japan because they thought that I was still in Japan. That's the only reason they like messaged me. Like, oh yeah, come on down. And I said, oh, give me a few days. And I bought another ticket and I just flew back. <laughs> I just went there. And 
like that makes me look really stupid to wrestlers, but I don't, I don't give a crap. I, at that point, I'd been around for eight years and I needed some excitement in my life. So I don't care that I bought my own plane ticket. I don't, I don't give a shit. But yeah, uh, that's what I did. I think you're muted. There must be some uh, some train um, action going on. I'm I'm sorry. There's a helicopter landing. <laughs> <laughs> no, like good, seriously, if I'm in my living room, I can look out and be eye level at the heliport. It's awful. Um, sorry. I <laughs> I was I was hoping. Oh, it was it that bad that you left? Let me let me try to bring you back um, since you've demoted yourself. Um, but every now and then, um, wrestlers will talk to me because <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happened, but okay. I didn't hit anything. You got to believe me. It's, it's all good, but no, um, every now and then wrestlers will talk to me about, um, Japan because I, I lived there for two years. I didn't, you know, go over and, and, you know, wrestle or anything. Um, <laughs> but, um, they're always kind of curious about how, how they could get to Japan. Um, and I tell them like, you might just want to show up yeah, and actually meet people because I, I feel like it's the, there's like a romantic idea that your clips are going to be seen on Twitter um, and someone's going to hit mm-hmm. you up and they're going to send you a plane ticket and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, one getting into the country is hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And a lot of that, uh, romanticized idea just comes from wrestlers lying about it to each other. Cause they, everyone's just trying to like work other wrestlers all the time. And then no one ever wants to be honest about stuff. I just hate it. Everyone always misrepresents things. They want to look cool. Yeah. Who cares? Like just actually help people. Like all I'm about, cause I, I quit wrestling for two years, uh, huh after my first five or six years, because I just mm. hated it. And because the, that whole first five years, it was just everyone telling me that I was really good, but no one, I would ask people for help and no one would do it. And they would mm. all just try to work me all the time. So I left because I was, I was pissed off. And also because of like the Dave Chris shit, you know, like I, yeah, I hate that guy. My biggest regret in life is that I didn't just like beat the shit out of that guy when I had the chance. Uh, and I think about it to this day all the time. <laughs> Did you primarily work in Ohio? Yeah, I worked at Rockstar. Rockstar ran shows once oh. a week, and then they had uh, pay-per-views uh, once a month on Fridays. So I would work uh, every Wednesday in Dayton. And then uh, Fridays, I was like in Cincinnati or like Ohio areas, sometimes Michigan, but like not really too far. Because then it was like, and then you go back to, for a Saturday Rockstar show, and then you have training on Sunday and training on Monday. So that's just what I did the first five years, like all the time. And uh, yeah, yeah. They made you feel like, like you don't need to go to other places. If we all work hard enough here, this could be the place to be. Mm. And then I believed it. And then I realized five years in that, that they didn't believe it. They were just lying to me. <laughs> so like I was always putting them first and stuff. There's actually a moment too, where uh, I think we did a crossover show with CZW and my trainer, really? yeah, my trainer, Cody Hawk always said like, if, if everyone focuses here, this would be the place to be. And I like agree with it. And I felt we had a, a really good locker room except for Dave Christ. And I, a lot of good wrestlers like Aaron Williams and uh, Jake Christ and Ron Mathis and like Bruce Gray and John Murray. There's like all these like dudes that were like super good. I mean, I'm leaving out a ton. Like Alex Cole mm. was there at the time. Oh, wow. Like, amazing wrestlers. And uh, so I, I believed in this thing. And then there was a, a DJ Hyde like tryout at this show. 
and they just go, like, we really want you to do this tryout. I'm like, all right. I'm like, is it free? And like, no, it costs 50 bucks. And I was like, well, then I don't want to do it. Like, you don't DJ really Hyde. want me. To, you, yeah, you just told me, you just want me to give DJ Hyde money because <laughs> he did the show with us. And, uh, and they all like, they're all trying to work. me. I remember like Dave Chris, like that piece of shit. He comes up to me like DJ Hyde loved your match and he wanted you to try out. He was going to use you and you blew it. And then I remember thinking I had, I purposely had a really bad match on the show because I was in a bad mood. Mm. <laughs> I was working with a, a trainee and uh, I made him do a, a, what was it? Leapfrog hip toss over and over again as in his shine. Because he didn't know what to do, so I just kept calling leapfrog hip toss. <laughs> and then he he's starting his big comeback, right? I'm like, all right, what do you want to do? And he goes, uh, and I just go leapfrog hip toss, baby. <laughs> so it's this horrible match. And then Dave Chris didn't watch it, and he's like trying to work everybody. He's like, DJ Hyde loved you. I'm like, motherfucker, I saw him storm off in the fucking comeback. <laughs> like, I'm like, what idiot would believe Dave Chris? And then like I go backstage and Cody Hawk's there, and he's like man, you really blew it. Like CZW wanted you. That's what made John Moxley famous. And, you know, Cody trained uh, John Moxley. So they always viewed me as the next John Moxley. They would tell me that all the time, which is way too much pressure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I remember just thinking like, what the fuck, man? Like no one, you're getting worked brother. Like, and I don't know, I just got really mad. I don't even remember what we're originally talking about. I'm getting too worked up now. I, you know what? I don't either, but, <laughs> but you, it, when you're talking, it makes me think about, so we're in completely different places in wrestling, but that seems about the time that I like just dropped out of consuming wrestling content too. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, I didn't really, I didn't stick around for all of, you know, the shit storm. Um, but it started to become an environment that I wasn't enjoying um, yeah, it was really toxic. I actually do remember the original point. I was going to bring it back to uh, why I came back to wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember the, those two years I was gone. I couldn't even watch wrestling. It would just make, it would mm-hmm. make me sad. And as a as an idiot who doesn't know how to express himself, any emotion comes out as anger. And I don't like being mm-hmm. angry. <laughs> and so I was just, I just That's couldn't watch. I, just, I found other hobbies. I was just, I started making like music again, which I used to do in high school. Oh, and, uh, is that where the um, the band camp comes in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that. I have like a bunch of rap songs, a bunch of like punk rock songs, a bunch of weird fucking music that I was just making. And I was just doing that, getting fat and making music, having a good time. But uh, I decided at some point, I just felt like uh, that I didn't feel like I deserved to uh, be written out of wrestling, that. Mm. it'd be nice to have my own ending that I felt like good about. I didn't like that. I ended wrestling on such a negative note, like probably like the lowest point in my life. Mm. And I was like, you know, like I would like to end it on a note that was on my own terms. And I just felt nice about it. So I'm going to go back to wrestling. Uh, I'm probably too old now. No one cares, but like I can help out people the way I wanted to be helped out. Uh, And yeah, I can just, I can be the change that I wanted to see in wrestling. Like that can be me. I can help people. I like to think that I've helped some people. Uh, I try to at least. And yeah, that's all. That's all I'm trying to do is not be one of those uh, piece of shit old guys who uh, takes young guys spots and works them and lies to them and uses them. I'm just trying to be a cool guy. Yeah. And you know, 
this entire time, I, I was expecting a more lighthearted, goofy conversation. And I've loved where this is going. I would have loved any direction. But I, I think it's really cool seeing that side of your personality um, with acknowledging, you know, because everyone knows wrestlers lie. Like, wrestling yeah. is all people lying to each other to mm-hmm. make themselves look really good. And it's all and then, false. And when you're starting things. wrestling, basically your job is like, all right, you have to pretend to believe my lies for at least three years. And then, <laughs> and then you can tell me to fuck off. It's like, it's just so stupid. Like I just worked a match with a guy recently. It was like, his like third singles match. He was like brand new. And I'm just, I'm like almost 10 years in at this point, And I'm just like talking to him, like respecting his opinions on stuff. Like, Cause it's just how you like get good work, you know, like that's, it's a collaborative effort. I just hate, I was always bulldozed when I was starting out and that's why I was telling you, I just got beat up the whole time because they mm. come, they come at you like, all right, no one would believe you could wrestle me. So I'm just going to let me give you a hundred chops until your chest bleeds. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I'm going to drop you on your head. I'm going to throw you on the floor. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. Because you know, <laughs> you can't say anything, but I, I, I don't really want to be that guy. You know, that's not, that guy doesn't belong in wrestling in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, I, I definitely, one, agree, but two, see that becoming a more popular sentiment, um, whether or not everyone, ah, oh my gosh, for whatever reason, my cat just attacked my leg. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and ran away. Awesome. Um, nice. But, <laughs> sorry, what I, what I was saying is, I I don't know if it's as much people saying that because they know that's what they need to say now with the the environment that fans are wanting to see and that wrestlers are t- trying mm-hmm. to create, or if they're genuinely interested in changing the environment to be more positive and more, um, you know, yeah. toward growth. I think some people will try to capitalize on an earnest endeavor of making it better. And it's really unfortunate. And there are some people who tweet about it and I can just tell, I'm just like, you don't believe this shit at all. You're you're trying to get likes. You're trying to get in the algorithm. But like as someone who experienced like, like real abuse and saw it all around me and and had it happen to me and just had a horrible time and just pushed through it because I thought it would end. uh, Yeah. I I never want anyone to to feel that way. And it's really, it's nice that everyone's leaning that way. And even the people who are saying it, uh, dishonestly whatever it's still it's they're doing yeah. the wrong thing or they're doing the, the, right doing thing the wrong thing for, for all the right reasons reason. and it works out <laughs> yeah exactly i love that and um even though i i try to end this around nine o'clock i the way that i um was kind of heading toward with the conversation is what i've seen you uh create and be a part of creating where you know your whole Clickfeld group, um, mm-hmm. I think you guys are really funny, but I've also been really impressed that, you know, pull the curtain back. You guys are just some of the nicest people. Yeah. You know. So I was actually going to bring up the Clickfeld because I'd be remiss not to. And Aaron Atlas is someone that came to mind when I was talking about helping younger guys mm. avoid the pratfalls that I fell into and stuff. And Aaron doesn't need my help. Aaron has all the potential in the world, but I still like to try. And help him. But what's a very wholesome little story is that I worked Aaron at New Wave right before the pandemic started in uh, 2020, I guess. Mm. And and he brought up Nate Matthews to me. The pandemic hits, whatever. There's no wrestling for me for a while. I come back. I get a match with Nate Matthews and uh, Eric Dillinger, 
we have this awesome triple threat match at AWR that's on YouTube and it's worth watching. Even though it's very low film quality, it's a very good match. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, we started a group chat. We all got each other's phone numbers and we were just like talking about like, so yeah, if you guys want to like throw spot ideas in here or whatever, like, uh, you know, whatever, we'll just talk, get to know each other. And we're all just like vibing and stuff, having a great time. By the time we actually wrestled, it was, I felt like they were my best friends and I'd like never met them before. And we had this match. It was awesome. It was the first match of the show that wasn't that good. <laughs> Stole the whole show. Uh, it was also the first, sentimentally to me, uh, that was the first time my girlfriend ever saw me wrestle. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and it was like just a match that I loved with like two dudes that became like my, my like best friends in wrestling. She was there for it. It was, it was a really nice experience. And uh, I remember just thinking at some point, like in the middle of the match, I think uh, while Eric was like beating the shit out of me because he's like the fucking hardest hitting dude in the world. I just remember thinking <laughs> when he chopped me and it hurt a lot. And I was just like, this is nice. Like, I'm glad I came back to this. I'm glad everything's going well. Like this is, this is the the good feeling I've been chasing since I came back to wrestling. So that's a very wholesome thing. But yeah. And, and that's after the match, we were just like all broing out and like being friends. And we're all talking about Aaron Alice. Like, Oh yeah, we'll get him in the group too. And we all started a group chat that we all talk to each other. And every day we've been doing it ever since then. And we, uh, the Seinfeld bit started with me and Nate. Eric knew it a little bit. Aaron didn't know it that much. And we just, you know, we made Aaron watch more Seinfeld. We, like, started doing the bits. It just kind of became the whole thing, you know? It's, it's, just, it's just like a backdrop. It's just a way to articulate our weird relationship. Like, uh, we just chose Seinfeld arbitrarily, and now it's, it's who we are. <laughs> I really love that. And it is so wholesome. Um, and we also have a, a comment from listener, um, Just J317, um, whoever, whoever that is. Um, just kidding. Thank you for listening, Jay. Um, who What's Jay says, stand for? <laughs> who says uh, that match with Dillinger and Matthews was fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, can confirm. So. Hell yeah. High praise. I remember that show, yeah, because, uh, yeah, Jay was there. Miles was there. Miles had a, a really good performance. I remember uh miles like just selling like crazy i don't know it was just great remember what that was like the first time i really watched miles work and i was like they're killing it like incredible incredible selling heck yeah maybe that's someone i need to work on getting on the uh the next uh podcast episode which i say um ah. I think miles manager is is, is listening um uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, i forgot to have another guest. i forgot to tell you my cole cabana story oh yes please okay so you said i i have to bring up a few things here really quick when i was in japan i don't think you remember you messaged me on twitter yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how I forgot that until now. It's because I'm a different Matt Brannigan now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a whole different that that Japan trip was changed yeah. me entirely. I talked to it, you while you were in Japan, duh. That's where I kind of started the wild tweets and like the ridiculous tweets that I do now. Because I was over there and I was truly I never realized how much uh joking around like affected my personality and I'm just surrounded by people who don't understand me and I was like going insane like I have to make jokes and I'm going fucking nuts. So all my tweets were really like wild, like unhinged, silly tweets <laughs> just to get it out of my system. Cause like, I can't be serious. So like, it actually hurts me. <laughs> it's that's just, so it's, funny now. And that's why when you see me wrestle matches, like I wrestled Nate Matthews and it starts off funny and it gets serious. And we start like beating each other up. Like that's how it would really go. And that's the style I'm trying to cultivate is like, 
it starts funny and then it gets serious and then I'm like actually mad because I am like, if you see me wrestling serious, I'm actually mad <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting some demons out. But, uh, I was in Japan and I, I was doing this bit where anyone in Japan, I would just tweet it and be like, Hey, you want to hang out? <laughs> so it started with, it started with Chris Brooks who I'd worked with in Ohio. And mm. I said like, I, he was like tweeting. And he's like, yeah, I'm like working uh, DDT. I was like, Hey man, want to hang out? And then he like messaged me. And then I just, I didn't really know what to do. I just said, oh, you're probably, you're probably busy. Don't worry about it. And then, like the Pope came and I was like, Hey Pope, you want to hang out? Like I just kept doing that to everybody. And, uh, fucking Colt Cabana was doing uh, new Japan shows. And mm. I started tweeting at him. I was like, uh, Hey man, you want to hang out? I'm there too. And then all these other wrestlers like, like shared it. Like even my trainer who like knows Colt Cabana, <laughs> like shared it. And like told him like yeah hang, like go see Matt he's he, you should hang out with him he's a good wrestler and maybe it'd help him out and I didn't really want that I'm just doing a bit so yeah then it's like okay I'm gonna do a promo I think it might still be on YouTube if I have forgot to delete it that's oh, me I, hope- I have a bunch I have like three or four Japan videos that I made of just me being a drunken idiot and like losing my mind and the third one is about it's called Brannigan Cabana San Shenanigans mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> it's just me and like in a forest talking about how I'm looking for Cole Cabana and how I'm like, how I want to hang out with him. And like, he's hiding from me. And then like in the background, you hear the boom, boom music. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, he's here. And that's the whole thing. That's it. That was the end of the joke. And I go to a new Japan show. Uh, I watch a great show for fun. I have the day off of training. Mm. I'm, I, I'm leaving the building early. The main event, I didn't really care about. It wasn't that good. It was house show mm. shit. I'm leaving. I'm going to go like drink and stuff. And I turn the corner and I just bump into Colt Cabana, who has <laughs> has the most like holy shit, this is that guy from the internet face I've ever seen in my life. Like, I know that he knew that I was that guy. Like, yeah. I, I, I it was so fucking palpable. It was crazy. And I just look at him. I try to play it cool because I know that I was acting nuts on the internet as a mm. bit. So I'm just like, hey man, great match because he actually had an incredible match. It was him and that uh, what's that? Is it Yano, the the silly guy? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, him and Yano teamed up against Suzuki and Lance Archer, and it was like one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. It was a lot of fun. Great clash of styles tag match. And I was like, hey, man, that was a great match. And he's just like slowly backing up. He's like, thanks, man. He's like not looking what? in the eye and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm from, uh, I'm at the Wrestle One Dojo. I'm from America. Like, uh, you want to hang out? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's like, hey, I'm glad you could come to the show. Like, he's just trying to end it. And I just, uh, I just feel this weird tension and I just go, all right, well, I'll see you later. <laughs> I, just, I just leave. But I, I remember walking away and I'm like, that guy hates me forever. <laughs> that, <laughs> that guy does not like being roped into a bit that he does not understand. Well, it but might it was, not just be the bit, but who cares? I don't give a shit. And I, I think that's a good attitude. I always found that so weird. Um, like, because when you're in Japan, even when you're in Tokyo, you're not going to run into a lot of foreigners there. Exactly. Uh, and so, like, there would be times when I would be leaving shows and um, the wrestlers would be doing autograph signings at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And we make direct eye contact. Yeah. But, like, yeah. they won't say anything. And it's just like, dude, we're I'm, the only English-speaking people... I'm so glad you brought that up because you know, like I forgot that part of the detail. That's how I know that he knew aside from sensing it. I have good, uh, good instincts for this, but like, 
I've been to Japan three times, and when you see someone else from America, you get relieved. Like, oh, I'm going to talk to this guy. I don't know yeah. him, but it'd be nice. It's a little taste of home. Like, everyone's, everyone does it all the time. You know that. Mm-hmm. This guy, when he saw me, he was terrified. <laughs> that is not, that is not but normal. It's so- Weird, because like obviously, I mean, you could have been unhinged. Who knows? But I was. But the- <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot going on. But uh, but yeah, like I'm not. I'm I'm harmless. Like those videos are just so silly. But I don't know. I just felt like I. It felt like he was like, "Is this guy going to ask me to like film a bit with him?" And I was going to, to, to be honest. I was going to be like, "Hey man, do you want to film a thing really quick and just like tell me to fuck off?" Like, no, it doesn't have to put me over at all. Just like it, it just punctuates the bit. But I, I was like this, I've never felt, you know, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. And I just felt that he was uncomfortable. And I was like, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. I I really hope that you guys end up on a show again. <laughs> That'd be nuts. I, he'd probably, I mean, there's no way he would remember me. So I could probably get away with it. Who know? You never know. <laughs> could you imagine if like I got an AEW tryout and I blow it by going up to Cole Cabana? Like, hey man, remember me? I'm the guy that creeped you out in Japan. <laughs> it's me. You want to do that bit? You know what? I was going to tell a joke, but I'll be nice. Tell the um, joke. Just do it. I, I talked about Michael Elgin. <laughs> tell the joke. Well, I was going to say I might get him on TV, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. He's so good, man. He is good. He's really good. But you, so are you. You guys should team up. I just don't like the big leaguing thing or maybe the thinking someone's a homicidal maniac. I don't know. <laughs> this guy big leagued me. Thought I was going to chop him up into pieces. <laughs> I, look, I don't know, but yeah, no, I just I think maybe he could have said hi. He's actually one of my biggest uh, comedic wrestling influences. Like him and uh, Kikotaro and uh, a lot of the, the 70s like world of sports stuff that Cole Cabana likes. Yeah. Those are like my big influences of like timing and like integrating comedy into wrestling i think he's a really good wrestler like i really enjoy him i just some of the stories i've heard i haven't really been been too fond of but yeah i've heard a lot of stories from a lot of guys that i actually respect (laughs) that just kind of basically the gist of it is a yeah he's a piece of shit (laughs) but this is a nice segue to um even though this is only the second episode Uh, I think generally when I'm interviewing people, I like to wrap up with a big kind of big picture question. Oh, so this is almost like an impromptu exercise to see how good you are on your feet or maybe um, what is in your heart. So I feel like one of the nice threads in this conversation as my cat mauls me again, I have no idea what's going on, um, is the culture of wrestling and how you yourself um interact with these spaces so for you how do we make wrestling a place that people actually want to be in and thrive Ooh, that's such a big question i told I you know, big I, picture i just think it uh in my mind and uh my my beautiful girlfriend could attest to this when i'm when I'm in a bad mood at a show, it's because I'm being told what to do by the promoter, by like the, the quote unquote producers, like that's that all stupid thing. <laughs> I think as a promoter, you bring people in because you, you think there's something there. And by telling them what to do, like that could be anybody. Why do you, why did you bring that guy in? Mm. I think 
you should bring people in that you see potential in and just tell them, I, I get giving them a time frame. Fine. I'll, I'll concede that even though I still don't like the time constraints, whatever. Uh, just be like, do whatever you want. Well, like figure, you guys figure it out. Tell me your story. And then, uh, and then if you hate it, just be like, all right, I didn't like it. Uh, mm. Adios. Like, <laughs> and if you like it, then you have something like, I feel like wrestling should just be in the hands of the wrestlers doing it. And if as a promoter, cause you're like paying for it, if you don't like it, then don't use them anymore. Like that's, yeah. I just think that make everyone way happier. I just hate, I just hate micromanagement, especially in an artistic field. I don't understand mm-hmm. why people put up with it. And I just worked the CWF Hollywood show. I love how I'm just name dropping things. I'm trying to get all the heat <laughs> in the world, but I'm pretty sure they already hate me because I was in a bad mood of that show. I was like ready to fight someone. Booker T gave me critiques that made me want to slap him. I was, oh. bad, I was in a bad mood. I'm looking but, uh, forward to part two of this interview because how at the very end are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. It's, listen, this is only the second episode. You could change the whole structure and this could be a, a two hour thing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, that's what I think would help wrestling is just let giving people that chance to do whatever they want and be, and it being okay to just say like, you know what? It's not what I'm into. Uh, good luck, you know, whatever. And then just see what happens. Like, everyone's like making these concessions that ruins both sides like thing. I just don't understand the point of it. Yeah, no, that's very good. Um, especially you bringing in that. Yes. As an art, why not go with how we treat the arts and give people that kind of freedom? Exactly. Like I have no interest in TV wrestling. I grew up on the Indies. I only, I only care about the Indies. The TV style is dumb to me. I was trained in the TV style. Mm. I can nail it. I was actually telling a producer at the show at CWF, he was talking about working the hard cam and I was like, brother, I'm a 10 year vet trained in, in TV style. <laughs> and then I just, just to be a dick. Cause I like fucking with people. I'm like, so I, I know how to work the camera brother. And I actively work against it because I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. And so on that note, um, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to have to find some time to fit in another <laughs> interview um, did we win the Monday Night Ro- Wars? I, did we win? I think we did. Yes. Man, our DMs are just going to be Virgil, Michael Elgin, Colt Cabana, um, CW Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, get a bunch of canceled guys and me on there. And- <laughs> EC3. Oh, God. <laughs> so I, I look forward to the next interview. Um, yes. And so- we'll do a follow-up. I'll tell you the Booker T story. It's, it's- yeah. He was being yes. nice, but like... It, it- wasn't necessary i don't want to bury him he was trying to help because yeah could. that's what i wanted but i did not want it mm. <laughs> well to close out um now is the time where i give you a chance to plug anything that you have coming up um any links that you want to share social media etc uh psh, i have a bunch of shows almost booked so i can't really plug them because i don't know what's happening oh. uh i got the twitter at Matt underscore Brannigan, OnlyFans, backslash Matt underscore Brannigan, Instagram, Cat Brannigan, Cat has two T's. Uh, that's about it. I'm a, I'm a man of simple needs. I just need wine, my bird, my cat, my dog, and my baby. Do you have um, a new site for your merch yet? I'm setting up a Brain Buster story. Uh, oh, I deleted awesome. the, yeah, I deleted the what a maneuver. I think the pro wrestling tease is still up because I just keep okay. forgetting that it exists. 
<laughs> I kind of use it just to upload joke t-shirts like the heaven is a place on girth shirt that you bought. I love, I love that. I made that just for you. That was Thank just a bit. you. I didn't think you would really buy it. I was actually. Of shocked. course I would. I was shocked. I, you know, one thing about me, if you give me a dumb idea, I'm all for it. <laughs> but it was like, it was made from our like interaction. Like no one else, <laughs> like a, a merch made just to make you laugh. I think, I, I don't know if my girlfriend is listening, but I was going to buy it for her because she likes it too. Oh. I don't, don't want to spoil it, but I got to give her one. <laughs> Excellent taste. Um, Well, thank you so much for being on the second episode of the symposium. Um, Anyone who's listening, I am going to be on Twitch talking about my article for Fightful Magazine and watching some classic wrestling if you want to join me there. Um, Until next time, because I have nothing planned. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just just do the follow-up next time. If If you have time. If, yeah, I'll message you. We'll do thank the you. we'll do the sequel. We'll talk about Booker T. Yeah, thank you. Okay. I have so many stories, man. I'm a ten I'm a ten year vet, brother. I got stories. <laughs> I appreciate it. I love this <laughs> live booking. <laughs> Heck yeah! Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. You have a good night, and you thank too. you everyone for listening. Bye. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Shit. <laughs> <laughs>